What's good, Wildcats? It is the Weber State Weekly Men's Hoops Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we're going to be talking a little bit about last week's games. So we'll talk a little bit about the trip up to the Palouse, took on Idaho in that beautiful arena they have up there. And then uh, a tough, hard-fought game in Cheney against Eastern Washington, who is currently at the top of the conference standings. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about those two games. And then, uh, yeah, and then we'll just kind of see how things go from there. But uh, before we get into all that, want to encourage all of you, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, great places to find Weaver State Weekly. Comes right to your phone. I mean, if you're listening to a, a, a podcast on a computer, I'm stunned. Good for you. <laughs> Everybody listens to them on their phone. Uh, but if you don't and uh, you listen to it on the computer, um, hey, the website's there for you, WeberStateWeekly.com. Uh, you can also, while you're there, you can check out the blog. It's uh, it's there. Some old content, but um, softball season's coming up soon, so we might have something there. National Signing Day coming up on Wednesday this week, so lots of good things. Uh, we're also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Good places to hit us up, talk to us. You got ideas? Got an idea for a segment? You want to talk about something here on the show? Hit us up. We'd love to take your, your recommendations, make them reality. Some things coming up here uh, as we get into softball season that we're looking forward to. Try to engage some of the alumni there. Uh, and then also you can uh, become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Become a supporter of Weber State Weekly. Our patrons this week were treated to their very first premium preview. So we put together a preview show for the matchups that happened last week against Idaho and Eastern Washington. And uh, they got the first look. And so that is up in... You can only get that if you're a patron. So it's behind that, that wall. But uh, should you become one, Glad to add you to the list. And uh, you'll also get access to our exclusive Patreon Slack channel where we have uh, a chat that goes on during game days and uh, where we complain sometimes, but we also uh, sometimes break some early news. Uh, lots of good things happen in the Slack chat, but all of that's available to you if you become a patron of Weber State Weekly. So patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly and get it done. All right. Uh, that's that's the intro. That's all we're gonna that's all we're gonna get done today. So let's talk a little bit about last week. Um, in the premium preview, we talked about how Idaho um, was a team that was not doing particularly well, but they had an interesting the interesting wrinkle about Idaho was that they had two of the top three scorers in the conference playing for them. Um, those names, if in case you didn't listen to that, were Devontae Moffitt, and also um, you got a pretty good look at um at Isaac Jones as well who Jones I was I expected him to have a much bigger game because uh sometimes the Wildcats have had issues in the paint uh we saw that I think again in the Idaho State game last last time around where they just had trouble containing guys in the paint especially for teams that move the ball fairly well and um I was really impressed with the Wildcat defense I thought they did a fantastic job on Moffitt and Jones throughout the game they didn't score a ton of points, right? Uh, which I was really pleasantly surprised. I mean, Wildcats this season, they're, they've had a great defense, folks. And we need to talk about this because I just don't think that it's been emphasized enough. Right now, the Wildcats uh, in conference play have the number two defense in the conference. They're giving up just 64.3 points a game. Now, that's just a couple of points behind Montana State who are giving up 62.7 a game. So the Wildcats are playing really good defense. And I... I felt that if if Idaho was going to have a chance, the Wildcat game plan was going to be such that they were going to have to require somebody else to beat them. 
And that's kind of what happened because it got a little bit, uh, got a little sweated a little bit there at the end. Uh, the Wildcats had a big lead, but it chipped away, chipped away. They were not able to get buckets. The offense stalled. And thanks to the hot shooting effort of Trey Smith, he was five of nine from three. A lot of those uh, came in the second half. He, he was absolutely on fire. Uh, he, he really kind of gets Idaho back into it, kind of chops away at that Weber State lead. And so um, interesting game uh, overall. Wildcats did pull out the dub, which is nice to see. We want to see that. Uh, really needed that one. Wildcats did drop this game last year, if you remember. First game playing at ICCU Arena up in Moscow and uh, got rid of that. Took care of business this time around, even though we were a little bit nervous at the end. Uh, probably a lot closer than I think folks would have anticipated with about 10 minutes left. But Wildcats get the win and they move on to Cheney, which was a much tougher game. So, and then, I mean, really briefly before we get into what we liked, what we didn't like, and who we felt their MVP was in these two games. Uh, the game in Cheney was tough, hard fought, right? Uh, Wildcats, the offense, a little bit sluggish to start the game, but uh, it really came alive in the second half. Wildcats end up losing that game by four, uh, but it was it was close. It was pretty much down to a one possession game, folks, there at the end. Um, nice performances from three Wildcats. Junior Ballard off the bench, 12 points. Of course, we're always going to shout out Dylan Jones, 18 points. Steve Replankin also, 16 points. So good offensive production from the Wildcats, but um, just a little bit short. And Eastern is an interesting team this year because they have... They're at the top of the conference. A lot of stats. Uh, they're top. They have the best scoring offense in the conference right now. Uh, they're they're middle of the pack when it comes to defense, but they're the best shooting team in the conference. They also hold opponents to the lowest shooting percentage, which kind of explains the Wildcats' slow start in this game. Uh, they're also one of the best three point shooting teams. Uh, they're right up there at number three. So. Eastern Washington has a lot of things going for it. Um, it, I think they are the best free throw shooting team in the conference and um, number two in in combined team rebounds. And the big thing uh, with them was that uh, offensive rebounds were a strong suit of them as well. Number four in the conference, offensive rebounds. That's where the Wildcats have really struggled. They're dead last in the conference in offensive rebounds. And so they get back, you know, and try and slow, slow the game down. But uh, I think it costs some possessions at times. So let's talk about what we liked and what we didn't like. First thing that stuck out to me watching these two games uh, on Thursday and Saturday, I liked the shooting. I really, really appreciated what they were doing. Shooting the ball in both of these. Um, overall, the Wildcats had a slower shooting night, I guess you could say, against... Uh, or sorry, I, I, I misread that. They had a, a fantastic shooting day against Idaho. I mean, the Wildcats shot 53% from three. That was seven of 13. Uh, but that's a great number because the Wildcats have, have, I think, gone by the way of the three in recent games where if they are shooting well, things just seem to work out great. I think good examples are the Portland State game, uh, the Northern Colorado game, and then examples of the reverse where... They didn't shoot as well. Things didn't go as well as they had hoped. The Idaho State game, the Montana State game, I think are both a couple of examples of that. But overall, I liked the shooting in these two games. I felt like it was good. It was definitely hotter in the Idaho game, which is, it felt like that was Coach Duft's game plan because he knew going into this that Idaho was a terrible 
defensive team from behind the arc. They were a team that right now is dead last in, um, in shooting threes themselves. And they were second to last in guarding the three point line. And so it makes sense. Portland state is dead last in the conference. They're giving up 42%. Idaho is giving up for uh, 38%. So when I said that, you know, those games where the Wildcats are shooting threes, like, yeah, they shot threes well against the two worst three point defending teams in the conference. So, but beyond that, beyond the arc or, or you know, more inside the paint, Rockets also had another good shooting night uh, in paint. I mean, or he, he, within the arc, he shot 56% from two, uh, which is great. 73% from the line, which is actually a little bit below their average this season. So far, the Wildcats from uh, the free throw line, which have been a, they've been a good team. Um, third in the conference, averaging 76% a game. So just a touch below what they average, but um, overall great. Um, Looking forward, you know, to the Eastern Washington game once again. Not as good of a shooting night from the Wildcats. They did shoot forty nine percent from from two, which is great. Love to see that. From three, it was hotter in the second half. They were seven of thirteen in the second half. That that three really kind of got the Wildcats back in the game. That first half, they were two of eleven. A um, couple of those go in, and we're talking about a different game, right? But like we talked about, that slow offensive start. Um, Really kind of did them in. And so, uh, you know, and guys that normally are fairly good were not as good in, in that first half. You know, Dylan Jones, one of five from three. Steve Replankin, two of seven from three. Um, but Junior Ballard had some really, really big three-pointers, including uh, one toward the end of the game, I think with a, about a minute left or so, maybe just under, where it looked like maybe Eastern was starting to slam the door and Ballard runs right back down to the other end of the court. and shoots a three and buries it and just keeps it. I think it kept, I think it put the game within one at that point or something like that. And so just shots like that were really clutch from Ballard on Saturday night in Cheney. Um, so shooting overall, I liked, I really, really did in this, in this, uh, this week's matchups, 37% overall because of the tail of two halves, not a terrible number. I mean, Obviously, you'd love to see that number get a little bit higher. You'd love to see it above 30%. Uh, the Wildcats right now are averaging 36%. So technically, that's above average for them. But, um, you know, if, if you're talking about threes, you'd, you'd love to see it above 40%. So I love shooting. I love the shooting in, this, in these two games. Really felt like the offense took a step forward, especially from behind the arc, which I feel like that was one thing that's really... Consistency behind the arc is something the Wildcats have been missing. And if they can figure that out in the next uh, few weeks and get more consistent at shooting the three, they're going to become a very dangerous team going into the conference tournament uh, the first weekend of March. So another thing that I really liked, and uh, this kind of goes a couple of ways, and we'll talk about rebounding in general, but I, I want to talk about rebounding because in that Idaho game, the Wildcats absolutely owned the boards. They owned them, and it was fantastic. Dylan Jones had a double-double. He had 14 rebounds, 21 points in that game. Um, Great job. I mean, absolutely just a fantastic job. 33 rebounds, only three offensive rebounds. So we talked about the offensive rebounds and we'll talk about that in the next segment or the, uh, the next point and things we didn't like, but 33 rebounds overall to Idaho's 20, which was incredible. Great to see. Uh, and, and the thing that impressed me was I was a little bit nervous about that because Idaho had Isaac Jones, who was fourth in the conference, averaging 7.6 rebounds a game. It was a name that we needed to watch for, right? And say, okay, what's Jones going to do if they can keep him off the boards? 
he was below average. He only had four rebounds this night and he only walked away with 12 points on five of nine shooting. And a lot of those shots uh, came later in the game, two of the, you know, two or three from the free throw line. So it's just one of those things where they absolutely owned the boards in the game against Idaho. I think that was the key piece to helping them build up that early lead where the Wildcats were just out in front big time at the half. They're up 16 at the half. And so it looked very, very comfortable, but um, Idaho closes the gap in the second. And I think they had it down to one possession. I think they down to three points at one point. And so <laughs> I think the, the largest lead for the Wildcats was like 21, something like that. Um, but Idaho fought back down to a one possession game. And so kudos to them putting some fight in, but then we look at the Eastern Washington game. It's a different tale. Wildcats come away with just 22 rebounds to Eastern Washington's 36. So it was like Eastern did to Weber what Weber did to Idaho just a couple of nights before. But here's the difference. Eastern, very, very good on the offensive board. They had nine offensive boards in this game. Uh, Whereas the Wildcats, once again, just three um, and then 19 defensive rebounds, which defensively the Wildcats are fine. As, As a defensive rebounding team, they are absolutely fine. They are uh, second in the conference right now at 26 a game behind Eastern Washington, who's at 28.4. Those are one and two respectively in the conference. And so defensive rebounds are not an issue for Weber State at all. Offensive rebounds is where they really kind of get their lunch eaten. The Wildcats, like I said before, are dead last in the conference in offensive rebounds, averaging 5.8. And they say, well, they're tied with Idaho, Colby. Yes, both teams average 5.8. You can choose Idaho had one more game played than Weber State at this point. They've got six more offensive rebounds to go with that extra game that kind of averages out. So offensive rebounding really kind of the struggle. And it was one of the big key differences for Weber State in the game against Eastern Washington, where they just they just got clobbered on the glass, just absolutely clobbered. Um so tough. And I think that it really has a difference because like we said, Wildcats lose by four. If you win the rebound battle, I mean, it's, it's a wide margin, 22 to 36. But if you close that gap, even just a little bit, give yourself a couple of second chance opportunities. We're probably talking about giving Eastern Washington their first loss of the C of the uh, conference slate. So uh, like to see the rebounding in the Idaho game, the rebounding in the Eastern game, a little bit tougher. And then the last thing I liked about this game, uh, these, these pair of games, was the defense overall. Um, Weber State right now, as a team, the defense has really been their calling card this year, and I've been really, really impressed with them. Right now, Weber State second in the conference, like I said before, giving up 64.3 points a game. Um, that's great. That's absolutely phenomenal. And I think that that has really given them an opportunity to stay in games because they're averaging 67 points a game. Now, that's a tight margin. If you can keep your team's opponents to your average 64 points and you put up your average at 67, you win games, right? And that that explains kind of where the Wildcats are right now in terms of their record uh, currently sitting at six and three, I believe in conference play. But uh, I'd like the defensive effort in both of these games, um, especially the Idaho game. You know, things got a little lackadaisical. Like we said, in the second half, uh, the, and I, th- I felt that was more to do 
with the offense than the defense because they still held Idaho to their to you know their team average. Should it have been below that probably for a team of Idaho's quality? Yeah, it probably should have been. Um, but you know there was some hot shooting there that really made the difference for Idaho, um, and a lot of a lot of threes didn't fall in the first for Idaho. They were one of eight, but then the second half they're fifty percent, eight of sixteen. So there you go. There's the difference in the game right there and the way that they were able to claw back. Uh, but overall, I like the defense. I really, really felt like Weber did a good job. You know, they they had seven steals uh, and that accounted for seven of Idaho's 13 turnovers. Um, felt like the defense was good. And then same thing against Eastern. Like you could say, well, Kobe Eastern put up 75. Yes, but like this is a team that is very good, that is undefeated right now and on a, an 11 game winning streak. They might be on a 12 game winning streak now with the win over Weber state, but a team that's really, really gotten hot uh, and has kind of mowed through the conference. And like, like I said, in the premium preview, this is not an Eastern Washington team. that's just bottom feeding. They're playing tough teams. They're playing the Weber States. They're playing, they swept the Montana roadie, uh, which we talk about is the toughest road trip in, in, in our opinion at Weber state weekly in the conference. And they won both of those games in Missoula and in Bozeman sort of establishing themselves as the best team in the conference. And I think that any, anybody who's being honest with you will probably say the same thing right now that Eastern is a team that shares the ball. Well, they are the, the top assisting team in the conference. And that's probably one of the key pieces to their success is they share the ball so well that it makes it easy to find buckets and no one person dominates when it comes to scoring for them. So overall, I did like the defense. I thought that they did a lot of really nice things against Eastern Washington. Um, there were some guys that were obviously problematic. You know, uh, Angela Allegri is obviously the, the name that sticks out. He comes out with 28 points in this game. Uh, just absolutely crushes Weaver State. He's 6 of 8 from 3. He's 10 of 12 from the floor uh, in 36 minutes. Um, phenomenal game for him. Um, and if he doesn't have that kind of a game... Weber State probably wins because that kind of a performance is very uncharacteristic of Eastern. They don't have guys putting up 28. It's more balanced, uh, the scoring. You know, Weber ha- did a fairly good job of holding guys, everybody else down, except for a couple of other steel venters, of course. You know, he's going to get his kids great. He had a terrible shooting night. He was two of 10 from three. And keep in mind that steel venters last season was one of the best three-point shooting players in the country as a freshman. Now as a sophomore comes in, has a two of 10 night against Weber State. Credit to Weber State's defense once again, but also just you know an off night for him and then three of 13 from the field in total. So rough night for Venters. Still comes away with 13 points. He's five of six from the free throw line. But I want to give, give that defense some credit. The Wildcats did an absolutely phenomenal job. So let's flip the script though. Let's talk about some things that we didn't like. Um, and I already kind of mentioned this before turnover. Well, not turnovers necessarily, but although turnovers have been a bit of a problem for the Wildcats focus, we talked about the Idaho game, the Idaho game where the offense got lackadaisical. They just stopped doing what was you know working well for them. And it gave Idaho hope that they could get back in the game. And so they did. And it just really, it's, it's, thing, it's games like this where you, you, you want to see the killer instinct where you want to, there were, the Wildcats could have won this game by 30. They really, really could have. Um, but, you know, about, about 10 minutes and under, things got a little bit dicey and they just stopped scoring the ball. Idaho finds a way to get things going. 
like, like we said, they started hitting some more threes and that flips the game and it makes it tight and it, and it gets it close. So like to see that as a learned lesson, even though it wasn't a painfully learned lesson that the Wildcats still get the win over Idaho, which you got to get, you cannot drop a game like that to a, a team like that. But hopefully a lesson learned by this team to lock in when it matters, uh, because anybody in the big sky can beat you on any given night. Just, we just saw a bad Idaho team come really, really close. Uh, and after, you know, absolutely dousing a Portland state team who has, you know, been a, a dynamo and then hanging with the best team in the conference in Eastern Washington, Weber state has the ability to win games, beat anybody in the conference, but they can also be beat by anybody in the conference if they get lackadaisical. So focus didn't love it in that first game, but I really felt like they were locked in in that second game. They played up to their competition. They were ready to take on the Eagles on their floor. And, um, you know, we in the Big Sky Podcast Network chat. We have a chat of all the members uh, that participate on Twitter and um, talking with some of the guys in there. I, I said I wouldn't mind seeing Eastern again uh, in the conference tournament. I think it could be a, a classic, a really good a game, and I think it could go either way. So that's the way I felt. Another thing I didn't love was, like we said, the second chance points. Those are a direct result of those offensive rebounds, right? The Wildcats right now the worst offensive rebounding team in the conference. Um, the boxing out's got to get a little bit better. You know, you got to find yourself in positions to get there. And you say, well, Kobe, they're the best defensive rebounding team in the conference. They don't need to worry about boxing out. Well, that's fair. That's hundred percent true, but maybe do it a little bit better when you're on your side of the court. Uh, Cause if you can get pull down some of those O rebounds a little bit more consistently, the offense has been able to, I think, pick up steam in the last few weeks. It feels like guys are starting to get more comfortable. They're playing together. The assisting has gone up. Uh, in the in the Eastern Washington game, I talked about how like they Eastern was going to share the ball well, and and they did. They they were close to their average. They had 14 assists, but Weber State was right there behind them with 12 assists of their own. Now keep in mind that Weber State right now is a team that is averaging assists per game. They're averaging just 10, 10.8. So getting up to 12 is you know pushing that number up a little bit and holding Eastern below their average slightly at 14 instead of 15. Uh, like to see that assist number come up because like we've seen in some of these other really big wins when the Wildcats are assisting, man, the offense just flows so much better. I was, I was, you know, in a, in our Slack channel talking about this a little bit, like if the, if the Wildcats could just make that extra pass, if we could just get like that extra piece of off ball movement, because you know, steps one and two of the offense are working. It's just that third step that, you know, that like, you know, if you want to use a car analogy, that, that fifth gear, if the Wildcats could just hit that fifth gear, man, they could really take off. And so if you could get that, some of that off ball movement, get assisting a little bit better. I think this re- offense could really blow some teams away because it's so, so close. And there are so many talented players on the roster that it could really, it could really mess up some guys, but it just hasn't been that way. So it feels like guys are getting more comfortable, but the offensive rebounding is maybe key to those second chance points keeping possessions away from the opposing team and giving yourself an opportunity. The Wildcats pull down just a couple more and they make buckets off of them around, around the, the, uh, the basket. We're probably talking about winning this game in Cheney. So just some, some food for thought and, and a thing that I didn't necessarily love. Uh, and I've already talked about the offensive rebounds, you know, as a piece of second chance points. So MVP for the two games. Um, Obviously, we've we've been you know handing MVPs back and forth between Dylan Jones and Steve Replankin. Uh, we could easily do that in this Idaho game. Um, like we said, DJ with the double double, twenty one and fourteen. Steve with seventeen of his own points. Uh, but I I wasn't going to go that way uh, because I felt like when 
when the chips started to get down a little bit and when the Wildcats were just not quite clicking offensively, there was one guy that really had some big, big buckets in transition that made a big difference. That was KJ Cunningham. He really, when he got the ball in, in hand, in transition situations, he was not scared. He went straight to the rack and, you know, got fouled or, you know, made some buckets. Um, and so he was, he, it was his career high in that game, 12 points, uh, a perfect five of five shooting, uh, two of two from, from the three point line. So things you love to see, that's one of them. So I, I want to give the MVP in the Idaho game to KJ Cunningham because a career high, some really, really key buckets down the stretch to stem the, the Idaho tide and keep the Wildcats afloat and give them a chance to, to secure the win. Uh, really appreciated that. In the Eastern game, um, it was tough, right? And one of the things that I've kind of wanted to see a little bit more from the Wildcats this season is bench bench production. We know that the starting uh, five are talented, that they're good, that they can shoot, that they can score, and they can rebound. We know that about them. But we'd really love to see a little bit more production off the bench, and we got that from Junior Ballard in this game. Wildcats uh, ended up you know, coming off of the bench, You know, scored just 16 bench points. Fine. 12 of those came from Junior Ballard. And like I said, some really key threes. He was three of five from three, three point land, a perfect three of three from the free throw line, three of six total from the floor. Um, those 12 points came at really, really key times. And uh, I just, like I said, I'd love to see a little bit more production. Um, I think Daniel Ruzan had a little bit of a tough game. Normally, I like his game. I like the way he can play with his back to the basket. Had a tough one in this one, I think, because uh, Jones... Isaac Jones for, for Idaho was so, so, so good. Um, but then also, oh, sorry, I, I, I'm talking about the wrong game. Daniel Rosan, you know, I think he had a hard time because just it wasn't quite, wasn't quite there for him. You know, it wasn't necessarily that Eastern was blocking shots all over the place. They had two blocks, right? And that was Ethan Price, who is a fellow, um, if you listen to the, the premium preview, he's a, um, a fellow Englishman, just like uh, our our guy Alex Chu and Louis Jordan, and so um, he he was fairly high up there when I looked at some of this, the conference stats and in, in blocks. And so just pulling that up again, really really quickly, block shots. Ethan Price is fourth in the conference, averaging about one. So he was above average with two in this game. But um, Daniel Rosan just I felt like didn't didn't quite get going in this one. Plenty to learn. I like his game. I think that uh, he'll continue to progress, but. MVPs, KJ Ballard or KJ Cunningham and Junior Ballard. Those are my MVPs for this one. Now we're going to go to our game. Uh, I've got a game I'm going to call Wildcat React. And so what I what I dreamt up here um, was I felt like, you know, sometimes you'll go through a test and they'll say, I want you to say the first thing that comes to mind when I give you a word, right? And so I thought, what would be the Wildcat equivalent to that? If I gave you a word, What's the name that comes to mind? Who is the player that comes to your mind uh, in this one? And uh, I'd hoped to have somebody on the show tonight that would be a little bit more, had a longer memory of Wildcat hoops than I did, but uh, it will be just mine. So um, let's start this one off. And and if you, you know, we'll go through some of these. And as I go through, if you uh, have ideas or, or have um, want to give some shout outs to folks that, you know, the first player that comes to your mind, when I say some of these, feel free to tweet at Weaver State Weekly or, um, or hit us up on, uh, on Instagram, uh, would love to do it, but 
Tell us what you think. So first one out of the gate. Because I, I felt like this could go a lot of ways, but I had to go with the gut. Right out the gate, Wildcat React, the first, let, uh, first word is shooter. The first player that comes to mind when I say shooter in Wildcat uniform. For me, it's Jeremy Sanglin. Jeremy Sanglin, when he left Weber State, was the all-time leader in threes made at Weber State. Um, just was had so many big, big games where he hit big-time shots from outside the arc. Um, the last player to cut down the nets, or on one of the players, last players to cut down the nets for the Wildcats in 2016, beating Montana in that game. Um, just you know, overall a, gr- a great player who's having a great career in Europe. But when it, when it came to shooter... That was the guy that I thought of. But like I said, if you have a longer memory, you might've said somebody like Scotty Bamforth, or, you know, if you, if you want to go way back in the day, you know, you might have somebody else, but that's the first one that came to my mind. Uh, the next one that came to my mind, uh, the next word that I'm going to throw out there and you can tell me what you think on Twitter. Rebound. Who is the first player that comes to mind when you hear the word rebound for me? It's Joel Ballenboy. Joel Ballenboy is the, he is one of the, the best Wildcats to ever put on the uniform, especially in the forward position. But I think, uh, I think that I can't, I'd have to double check this. So forgive me. But I think that they said that like Joel Ballenboy also has the all time um, rebounds record in the big sky. So the guy is just, you know, a former um, big sky MVP, all player of the year, um, just a, an absolute monster on the boards. Um, Joel Ballenboy was the first person I thought of when it came to rebound. Guy was just absolutely phenomenal. So athletic and so good at getting those balls in rack, bring them down and giving the Wildcats a chance. And then um, the last one I'll throw out here. I had another idea uh, and I'm trying to remember it really, really quickly because I have some things written down here. Uh, we've talked about shooter. We've talked about rebound. Um, there was a technical foul given to Dylan Jones in the Eastern game, uh, which I, I don't know that I was necessarily down with. I felt like it was maybe a little bit unfair, but I thought about that as I prepared the show for you folks. Uh, if you were to say the word technical, who is the first person that comes to mind? For me, it's Coach Ray. <laughs> if anybody was going to get the T, it's going to be Coach Ray, man. Like He's going he's gonna to tell the refs what's good, and he's going to give them the business if they're not fair. And Coach Ray never had a problem getting a T to get the team fired up and get things back on track if things weren't going the way you wanted. So when it came to technical, yeah, for me, it was Coach Ray. So you can tell me who you think, you know, who's, who's somebody that had no problem telling the refs how they felt and what was good. Tell me on Twitter who you think. Um, and then, uh, oh, the last one that I thought of uh, earlier, uh, I wanted to throw this out here, and, and maybe this one will be a lot of fun for you folks because uh, I think this one could go a lot of different ways. When I say the word clutch, which Wildcat comes to mind? When I say the word clutch. Now, I had to think about this one for a little while because there are a lot of players that have had big, big moments. Um, you know, Steve Plankin just had a big moment against, against Montana, stealing the joy of the Grizz out of Dahlberg, which is a place where Wildcat wins have been few and far between. Um, an absolutely all-time moment. Uh, that was a pretty clutch moment for Steve. Also, you know, you could give some credit to Dyson Kohler for being heads up on that play. Scotty Bamforth, uh, I believe that, I think the day that I'm recording this, which is Monday, 
is the anniversary of the Scott Bamforth um, uh, half court three to down Northern Colorado. Um, phenomenal game. Uh, so, I mean, you got an argument for Scott. Uh, I can think of Jarek Harding. Uh, anytime there were quite a few games, Jarek Harding's career, where you needed a bucket, Harding was going to get you that bucket. You know, I think about the, um, the, what I call the greatest day to be a Wildcat, which was the day in 2018 when the Wildcats played Kennesaw State. No, was it 2018? No, it was 2019. So in 2019, the Wildcats played Kennesaw State. Then, no, I was right. It was, it was 2018, 18-19 season, I believe. And so the Wildcats played Kennesaw State in the playoffs. They beat them. Oh, now I'm, now I'm second guessing myself. Ah, <laughs> and it was 19, but either way, Wildcats played Kennesaw state at Stewart stadium, beat them later that night. They played Brigham young and the purple palace. And they also get the win. Uh, and there was Jarek Harding was so, 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 so clutch in that game. Cause it was just, it was just going back and forth. It was just haymaker after haymaker. Yoli Childs was having a game. Jarek Harding was having a game. Just like, it was just phenomenal. And every time you needed like a big bucket to keep the Wildcats up, I mean, that was a high scoring affair. I think both teams were above hundred points in that game, but when you needed a bucket, Harding was there. And I just felt like that's a microcosm of who Jarek Harding was when it came to clutch plays. That's uh, when I think of clutch, it's Jarek Harding for me. So guys, like I said, all of those, if you've got Wildcat Reacts, go ahead and hit me up on Twitter, uh, Weber State, at Weber State Weekly. Tell me who youth comes who comes to mind for you when uh, I throw out some of those. Uh, maybe we'll do a little bit of a poll later, or maybe I'll just throw it out there on Twitter, and um, we'll see what's up. So now let's take a look at the upcoming schedule for this week. Um, things get really weird over the next couple of weeks. Uh, this is going to be a tough, tough week for Weber State over the course of, say, the next... I don't know, roughly, I don't know. It's, all, it's, like, it's like two weeks. So Saturday, February 4th, it's the only game this week, this calendar week, technically. Wildcats take the trip up to Pocatello to take on Idaho State. That game is at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can get ESPN Plus or go up to the game and boo the stripes. It would be awesome to see a very loud, proud Wildcat contingent in Pocatello on Saturday night to root the Wildcats on to get a revenge win against the stripes. Because if you were at the game that the Stripes won in the Purple Palace earlier this season, there were a lot more Idaho State fans than I would have liked. A lot more Idaho State fans than I thought existed, but they were there. And as their team had a good game, they were loud about it. So I would love to see the Wildcats return the favor, get the dub up in uh, Reed Gym, and uh, a fairly healthy contingent of Wildcats up there cheering on our guys. So 6 p.m. on Saturday, February 4th against uh, the local rival, Idaho State. Then Monday, February 6th. So this is where it gets weird, folks. So we're having a Saturday game, normal. A Monday game, not normal. Monday, February 6th, it's a road game at Northern Colorado, 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That game will be on ESPN Plus or 103 Won the Wave. Um, it's, not a, it's not a fun trip. I don't know if they're going to bust them or if they're going to fly them. If they're going to bust, I mean, man, I hope they fly them because driving a, driving a really sucks, folks. Um, as a guy who's driven that road a couple of times recently in our travels back to Utah from Tennessee. Uh, man, it's just not, it's not a lot of fun. So hopefully they fly them, but uh, a Monday night game. And then we get back to normal, a Thursday night game, Thursday, February 9th. And this is where it gets tough. Montana state comes to the purple palace, uh, a tough game, Montana state, 7 PM mountain standard time tickets at weberstatesports.com. 
There have been ticket promos for every single home game this year, folks. And so if you're looking for a promo, watch the Weber State social media accounts. They're there. Um, make sure you're checking on Instagram, checking on the stories. Make sure you're checking on Twitter. Uh, there's all basically every game, every home game this year has had some kind of promo. So keep an eye peeled for those. And we try to share them on our social media accounts when we see them. So if it's getting close to game time and you haven't seen one or you know it's day of and you haven't found the deal, check our social media channels because we'll probably have shared it out if you haven't found it by then. But tickets at WeberStateSports.com or if you're like me, you'll be watching on ESPN Plus or listening to the dulcet tones of Steve Klauke on 103.1 The Wave. Then Saturday, February 11th, Montana comes to town, folks. Um, that game's at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time in the Palace. Tickets at WeberStateSports.com. I don't got to sell it, folks. It's Montana in the Palace. Show up. Get loud. You know what it is. Uh, these are the two winningest programs in Big Sky history uh, clashing together. I mean, the Wildcats stole one up at Dahlberg earlier this season with that Steve Verplanken three. Montana's going to be looking to return the favor. And so uh, we'd love to see things get a little bit elevated and get loud in the palace on Saturday night, February 11th. But there you go. That's one, two, three, four games in a week span in an eight day span, roughly. So tough. That is tough. Um, so we'll see how the Wildcats fare because um, the only opponent here that looks easy is Northern Colorado. And, you know, you're going to have to keep them off the three line because uh, Dalton connect, who is their, uh, is uh, the, the player that had a really great game against the Wildcats when they were in Ogden. Uh, he's leading the conference in scoring right now. So it seems like everybody, somebody from Northern Colorado these days is always leading the conference in scoring for all the good it does them. Then things get a little bit back to normal. Thursday, February 16th, taking the trip out to Sacramento, Sac State, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN Plus, so 103 won the wave. Then Saturday, February 18th, at Portland State, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN Plus, so 103 won the wave. Watch that game because... Wildcats had a great shooting night against Portland State and put them away fairly early. If they want to repeat the feat, they will need to be hot and continue that hot shooting streak. Um, also want to shout out the upcoming Big Sky tournament coming up in Boise. It'll be March 4th through the 8th. Uh, same place, Idaho Central Arena. Um, right downtown in Boise. The format's a little bit different, like Sean and I talked about last week. Um, and so the, 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 the conference tournament actually starts on a Saturday this, this year. And going forward, I imagine it's the same. And uh, it will end on a Wednesday. So uh, interesting. There'll be two games on Saturday. There will be two games on Sunday. There will be two games on Monday, two games on Tuesday, and then the championship game on Wednesday. So a lot to like, uh, but get your tickets March 4th through the 8th. Um, come check it out. I believe that I'm going to be there, folks. I've worked out a deal where I am going to be in Boise. So if you want to say what's up, Get your tickets, drive up to Boise, wear your purple. Let's get loud. Let's root for the Wildcats to uh, finally bring one home because it's been a while. It's been, uh, it's been a while. <laughs> I'll wrap up the show. Email us at weberstateweeklygmail.com. Uh, if you got an idea for segments, uh, maybe something you think could be good, uh, an idea for uh, an article, I don't know. Send me your ideas. Love to have them. Weberstateweeklygmail.com if you're interested in getting involved. You want to be on the show. Obviously, you can see I'm doing this one solo. But, uh, you know, you want to talk hoops with Colby Peterson or upcoming. We're going to be talking about softball. You want to be one of those people? Send us an email. We'd love to chat with you about it and uh, see what we can do to get you on. We've got the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Like we said, Patreon uh, will have a, our premium preview up very, very shortly for our, our patrons. Uh, and this week, we'll try and do women's and 
men's. Uh, last week, we only got the men's premium preview up, but we'll try to get both up this, this week. Women doing a great job uh, getting their first conference win against Eastern Washington on Saturday. And so I hope that's a, a turn of the corner for them, that, that things continue that way. But patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly to become a patron and to get that content uh, because we're making it for our patrons who have long supported us. We really wanted to thank them and give them something special. So this is how we want to thank them. And then the blog, WeberStateWeekly.com. Uh, that's it. That's uh, that's the show for this one. That's our men's hoops show for this week. Uh, thank you to everybody for downloading, listening. Please tell your friends and family about Weber State Weekly. We'd love to grow the show and uh, get more people involved. So we'll wrap it up like I always do, man. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Wildcats.